Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Leader of the National Party is David Littleproud. He joins us this morning. David, good morning, mate. Back in Parliament, uh, it's all beginning again. Yeah, mate. Back to back to school. Yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, obviously uh, a big year ahead. And, you know, we want to hold a government account, but we still want to be constructive as an opposition. If there's good ideas, uh, particularly for regional Australia, we we can't wait two and a half years for an election for us to hope to get back in. We we need to make sure we deliver and work constructive as we can. But when they do the wrong thing, we're going to call them out. Well, they've been doing the wrong thing. There's no two ways about it. And the Prime Minister, I I don't know, he's a mate of yours and and he's a decent bloke away from this. From the political landscape, you know, but some of the underhand... What he said at the election and now what is going on is very, very different. He is bowing to the minorities and it is a real, real concern. He's backflipped, I see, in the last 24 hours on Alice Springs. Um, I mean, they were very quick to shut down Alice Springs and within six months it went to anarchy up out there and it's horrific what is going on out there. Um, yeah, mate, they, they were warned. And this is the, this is the thing is, they they were warned by Indigenous voices. There are two Indigenous voices in this parliament already from Alice Springs. The member for Lingiari, Marion Scrimmager, and and Jacinda Price, a senator. They both live in Alice Springs. They both told the government not to get rid of these grog bans. So now they want to create a voice. Well, they had two voices in the parliament already that the government ignored. And let me tell you why they ignored it. And it's the same not only for grog bans, but it's also for the cashless debit card. They got rid of the cashless debit card and they said they're taking that away because it took away the dignity of Indigenous people. Well, what about the dignity of the women and children that are hiding from the perpetrators who are high on drugs and alcohol because they're using their social security payments to, to go and buy that rather than putting food on the table yeah. for their family? I mean, <laughs> you know, this is, this is where ideology doesn't meet practical reality. And the practical reality are, you have to keep, as a government, your Australian people safe. That's the primary responsibility of every government. And to do that, sometimes you've got to govern for the greater good rather than the individual. And this is where this government is just working on ideology. And I think they're playing all this ideological stuff because they're trying to take your attention away from what's coming out of your wallets. What's coming out of your wallets is increased cost of living because of their energy policy, uh, because of their ag policy. You're paying more at the checkout. Uh, and your interest rates. And this is all because... Uh, they have an ideology, and Jim Chalmers wrote 6,000 words over the summer uh, about how he's going to reshape capitalism. Well, let me tell you this, some just simple simple principles of economics that no Jim Chalmers or anyone can change. It's, it's, we're part of a global economy, and that's demand and supply. And with energy, they've, they haven't talked about supply. They're letting gas run, supplies run down so your prices keep going up. They took away the workforce with the ag visa so farmers aren't planning as much. Abattoirs aren't processing as much, so supply's gone down, your price has gone up at the grocery store. And the way and what they're spending is meaning your interest rate's going up uh, and putting inflationary pressure on you. So, you know, this is where Australians just need to take a deep breath and understand what's important to them. What's important to them is they're able to put bread and butter on the table, get their kids to school and have a holiday once a year at least. That's what we should, we should do as a government and then get the hell out of your lives. Yeah, I agree with it 100%. The Greens lost a senator, which means entail yesterday. I mean, and just talk me through this. The, the, you would think that's a vote for the, uh, you know, they lose a vote in the Senate for the Labor Party if if the wording is not right and if the legislation isn't right. Yeah, well, Lydia Thorpe, I mean, yeah, you wouldn't know yeah. what she'd do. Let's, no. let's be honest. Uh, but, uh, but she's she, left she the Greens. Clear. She has left the Greens. 
Yeah, she has. And she'll, she'll be an independent. She's basically saying that uh, her position is that she wants to, she wants to have a, um, uh, a treaty before, uh, before the voice. So she's off on another tangent altogether uh, as well. So, look, where Lydia Thorpe stands on other issues, she said she's going to work with the Greens on the environment, uh, but other things, then there is uh, a slither of hope that maybe uh, we can instill just a little bit of common sense in her on some other practical issues that she may be able uh, to, to hold the government to account on. Yeah, and that's the big thing, isn't it? It, it is just... You know, the Senate is is a shamozzle at the moment because of the way the system is set up, and we've got another three years, haven't we? Um, we've got another, or well, maybe longer than that, six years till uh, she can leave. It's quite a difficult situation. That can we talk about one thing? Windora, it's going to rejoice up. Uh, upgraded Health Clinic opens up after a decade long battle um, in outback Queensland. Like, I mean. I don't want to be negative, but it's a great thing. But it, you know, is it too little, too late, or finally they've listened? Well, yeah, fine. And, and look, I, I got to say, uh, this is where uh, you know the primary responsibility, as I said earlier, is to keep Australian safe. And as government, state, and federal, I've got to make sure they provide these services. It doesn't matter your postcode. I mean, we've got a case in Mitchell where you know we're flat out getting doctors there as well. Um, this is this is a real challenge, and some of the, some of the ideology isn't working in the state government has dropped the ball uh, in terms of not just uh, healthcare in remote places, but even in regional places. Maternity wards are being shut down in places like Gladstone and Chinchilla. Uh, you know, you, I was born in Chinchilla. You can't, you can't have a baby there. 7,500 people live in Chinchilla. So, you know, and when Lawrence Springborg was health minister, he actually got waiting lists down and got, got the health system humming. There was no waiting list. There was no ramping. And he did with less money because he put KPIs on on the health system that they actually had to perform tasks, they actually had to deliver services, and they were held to account for it. Um, and, and this is where the challenge is, just some decent old common sense in running some of these departments. And unfortunately, ministers let bureaucrats uh, get around them and run around them with uh, with big words and, and big, yeah. big programs that don't actually make a practical a practical. Uh, impact on the communities that they're there for. But this is great for Windora. It's fantastic, but it's, you know, you never say uh, it's too late. I'm, I'm always glass half full sort of guy. So it's great that it's there, but, you know, this is, this is just uh, systematic of, of the whole system in Queensland. Anastasia Palaszczuk's lost control of the health system and she's lost control of the streets. Yeah, and, and you're dead right. Hey, talk to me about aged care. Um, there's a string of community, government and industry leaders who have watched um, as you've turned the first sod uh, on the development of Chinchilla in the Allura Village. Now, um, this is going to be huge, but we need a lot more aged care than what we are. It, it, it's about looking forward for the future. We just haven't got enough of it. No, and particularly in, in the bush and – you know, I think, uh, to be honest, I don't think we did enough uh, in government. We called a Royal Commission to get to the bottom of it, but I don't think we acted swiftly enough in getting dollars out, and particularly for regional remote. So we came up with great ideas about home care, and home care is great because it keeps people in their homes longer. But in the bush, um, you want to age in place because invariably, when you do need to leave your own home, you don't want to leave your family. And we need those great facilities like Allura at Chinchilla. I actually grew up in Allura. When mum and dad used to go away, I'd stay with the people who rent Colin Bath Taylor. Yep. And I used to basically live half my childhood at Allura. And, and, but they were places that were made by the community. And this is, this is the opportunity that I think we've got to make sure that we, particularly these community-run organisations, that we gave them $10 a head 
uh, extra a day. I think they were talking about pumping it up this year, another $16. And there was a review into uh, looking to index that even further for regional and remote places because of the cost. And we, we simply need to make this viable for these communities so that we can age in place. And, and sadly, the Labor government took away the Building Better Regions Fund. Uh, just in my place at, at Winton, we were all lined up to try and have them secure $10 million to be able to have a facility in Winton, a community-run facility that, that was going to work with providers like Church of Christ uh, and Southern Cross Care to come and give that expert care that they could stay age in place rather than have to go to Longreach. And that's the sort of stuff that government should do, to give that capital injection for, for the infrastructure and then let those providers work with the community to have a solution. And I know in Chinchilla, Southern Cross Care have done an outstanding job there in turning Chinchilla around and saving Tara. The Western Downs Council was going to yep. shut Tara. And to Southern Cross, they're using it as a hub-and-spoke model now out of Chinchilla. And, and this is the, the smart stuff that Jason Eldring from Southern Cross Care, the CEO, is working through in looking at, at, at emulating what he's done in Chinchilla in other places. So using a bigger centre like Chinchilla and then have a hub and spoke where if you need acute care, you come to Chinchilla, but you can stay in Tara or, or in Miles. And those are the sort of things, that, the different thinking we've got to think to get through regional Australia to help them to make sure we can age in place. Uh, and I think that's important. It's important the federal government continues on with it. Um, we're going to be constructive in trying to help them come up with those solutions and make sure that regional Australia get get a get a, a go at it. And I think it's very important that we provide that and provide that sooner rather than later. And to say, to be honest, I think we, we could have done better as a government on that one. Do you feel that this voice is going to dominate um, the discussion um, for the next – and a lot of stuff won't be getting through. And the voice movement that they want, is that just appeasing the minority groups um, in the metropolitan areas? Because I know a lot of the Aboriginal elders don't feel it's necessary, and I say this with the deepest respect. Do you feel yeah. that this is just the government bowing down to the the Greens and other movements? Yeah, mate, mate, look, I think we've got to have a respectful conversation about this, and, and the government's coming to this with genuine intent, and so too are the Nats. And we come to this with genuine intent about trying to close the gap. And we okay. don't believe... If, if you want to get to closing the gap, adding another layer of bureaucracy will not work. And, and so what their model is, is one that we've been down before, a representative model. And for, for regional remote Indigenous Australians, what that means is for our mob in my part of the world, they'll be probably in one region. And that means they'll, they'll get probably one or two representatives. They'll cover seven, 800,000 square kilometres, hundreds of different communities, different tribes that, that have different needs and different opportunities they want to explore. And so you're going to ask one person to go to Canberra and to try and actually to actually represent that? I mean, this is where you already have that voice. You have me. I, you have 227 representatives in this parliament, and, and 11 of those are Indigenous Australians already. And so if, if, if you think that you don't have that voice, I'm sorry, you already do. There's over 1,000 consultative groups to Indigenous, to Indigenous Australians on government policy already. Yeah. So you're going to add another one? And just put this through the context of Alice Springs. Not only did they ignore the two elected representatives already, Indigenous representatives already in Alice Springs, it wouldn't have changed. In fact, you would still be sitting there. The person that represents the region of Alice Springs may not even live in Alice Springs. So you're asking someone that doesn't live in that community. It should be the community that makes the decision. And the Prime Minister proved it when he flew out there. The decision makers sit around the table yep. with the broader community, not a single person, but the broader community, and come up with a tailored solution for that community. 
but we've got to also acknowledge we've done a lot of good. I think we've closed the gap in many respects in some parts of the country that we should be proud of. Others, we've still got work to do, but we, we should be proud of some of the things we have achieved. Yeah, uh, you're, and, dead you right. know, you're dead right. You're dead right. In some of these communities, we've done a damn good job and our Indigenous Australians have, have led the way, but there has to be mutual obligation on it. No matter your colour, your creed, it is, it is a, a privilege, not a right to get Australian taxpayers' money. And when you get it, you've got to make sure that you use it to, to live up and be a, a, a constructive member of society. And that's what we need to make sure that we provide that opportunity for Indigenous Australians. And by putting another layer of bureaucracy, we'll not do that. And so we genuinely want to close the gap than that. We've taken this position. We have no malice, but we've just seen this before. And we just feel that remote Indigenous Australians will be the ones that don't have the voice again. Fantastic. Really appreciate your time this morning, David. As usual, have a good week in uh, Parliament in Canberra and we'll catch up again with you shortly. Thanks so much for being with us. Leader of the National Party, David Littleproud. Thanks, mate. Good on you. We'll take a break. Come back with more. This is Rural Queensland today.